Today's guest is Bonnie Snowden, and I have to confess, I was so excited. This was like one of the episodes I was most excited to record. Bonnie is somebody who I saw. Uh, she is actually in a mastermind that I'm in, but I hadn't spoken to her. I hadn't seen her at any of the events, uh, but she's somebody that I I saw and I was like, oh my gosh, what she does is so cool. And I want to introduce her to my audience. She'd be a perfect person to share what she does that sparks her and her story. It's so great that she's a, a perfect example of somebody who had a passion and it was suppressed. And believe it or not, she had a teacher. She loves to draw when she was a kid, or I think actually in college because she was taking uh, something to do with her drawing or artistry or whatever in that creative sense. But she was told by a teacher that she wasn't good enough, that her art wasn't good enough. And you should see what she can do. It's like crazy. And isn't that so sad that one person can change the trajectory of our life? And that person did that for her. But thank goodness, because I think our true purpose always comes back to us if we allow it to, uh, and we if we go with it. And, and honestly, I think her life got so bad that it ended up, when you get to that point in life, it's like you're desperate to get out of it. And when you find purpose in that place, and maybe if her life had been a little bit better, she wouldn't have found it. But I think the universe takes control and puts you in this bad place that somehow what you're supposed to do comes out of it. And it, that happened to her. And so she talks about her life. It, she talks about how she got there. She's in her early 50s. So it was late, her late 40s when she kind of had this, this epiphany of, uh, you know, what, I, what I'm really meant to do. And getting out of a bad marriage that she was in, abusive marriage, emotionally abusive marriage. A lot of times we accept emotional abuse because it's not physical abuse, but it's still abuse. And it still was making her feel like she wasn't enough, just like her teacher told her in college. And so she is shining a big, bright light on the world. And in so doing, teaching other people how to draw. And it's pretty amazing what she does. And she's from, I think, North Yorkshire, she, she uh, near York, England. Amazing place. I love York. Uh, but near there, she's an award-winning colored pencil artist and an artist mentor specializing in animal portraits. So she has a love of animals like I do, too. Three kids. She's a mom of three kids. And she's just a great, lovely human being. And so I want to introduce you to Bonnie now. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be 
be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark Second Half. I am very, very excited today to talk to somebody who I've been wanting to talk to for, I know, at least six months. This person is somebody who I I really didn't meet until just now before I hit record. We, we were chatting a bit, but she is in this mastermind I'm in, but she and I haven't met in person and we've just been on these virtual calls and we don't actually get to interact too much on these calls because we get coached. Uh, but uh, she she was coached by my coach in one of the sessions and what she does and how she got started is so perfect for living your sparked second half. And she's just the perfect guest to have. So when I recently reached out to her and she responded, yes, I was like, yay. So welcome to the program, Bonnie. Oh gosh, thank you so much. I'm I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Really, really happy to be here. Yeah. So, well, first of all, Bonnie Snowden, I should say your whole name. And she, as you can tell, she is from the UK. So part of what we were chatting about before I hit record was she lives in an area that I love, uh, close to a town called York. And so we were, we were, I was asking her if she, I have a friend, a couple uh, that live in a close town to there that I visited. And so we were, we were comparing stories. So yeah. yes, that's fun. You live in a <laughs> great about, area. Talking about the uh, the tea rooms and everything. I'm yeah. uh, yes, I like a nice cup of tea. <laughs> yes, yes. I love visiting your country. The people are amazing. The I just love it. It's it's just the great greatest vibe there. Yeah, yeah, and particularly Yorkshire, where where your friends live. Um, I think we are a very friendly bunch in Yorkshire, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I well, didn't even we, know it. Yeah, you there's a no. there's a Harry Potter like train there that was you. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Up at um, yeah. Um, oh gosh, that's over near, over near uh, the east coast. Um, yeah, there's all there's all sorts. We've got all sorts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, well, let's talk about what you do. Why don't you share what you do? And it was something just to give you a little clue, you listeners, that uh, she. It was something she loved and she was told she wasn't good at. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So good I, I, um, I teach people to draw realistic subjects with colored pencils. And as well as teaching people to draw, I also help with mindset and confidence that kind of, you know, it's sort of like a whole package. Um, and I tend to teach people around my sort of age and upwards so I have much younger students and I have students in their 80s. Um, and it's the most incredible thing, bringing creativity back to an awful lot of people who haven't been creative for many, many years. 
And what um, about people who who don't think they're creative? Oh, like I, I remember you saying that there was a lot of people who are beginners. Yeah, everybody's creative. Uh, everybody's creative, and you you know it, a, a lot of people say, "Oh gosh, well I don't know, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler," and blah blah blah. There are um, principles, and there are processes, and um, there are things and tools that you can use. Uh, for me, the process of being creative, which is putting color down on a on a piece of paper um layering it up and coming out with something that looks realistic that that is the most incredible thing to do that's how I started with it loving it because it was that mindfulness thing it took me away from my everyday life and anybody can do that yeah it's it's meditative isn't it yeah 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 absolutely yeah you're you're creating and it's meditative so it's like a kill two birds with one stone oh it's it's wonderful yeah so let's go back in time mm. to that the fact that it was one of your first loves. And, yeah, and so, fact, so when um, you were a child, did you draw a lot? Yes. Yeah. So so I I grew up on a farm and I've always loved animals. Animals have always been still always my love. I've got lots of animals. And um I, I I like drawing horses and all through school, you know, art was my favorite subject and I wanted to go on and do art. And um, let me let me ask you this. I had a horse and uh, I love I've always loved animals, too. I didn't draw them, but I've heard horses are hard to draw. Is that true? Apparently, horses are the hardest subject to draw. Now, if you know horses and and I have I'm a very feely person. So when I'm drawing, I get the feel of the animal that I'm drawing so I can feel if an eye's not quite right I can feel if a, the nostril's not quite right I know horses if you know horses you know horses you know how their bone structure works you know how you know their eyes work you you, you know everything about them so when um when you're drawing again it's learning these sort of principles really and a lot of people when they think about drawing realistically because I, I draw realistically and a lot of people might say oh you know gosh it looks like a photograph um and my aim is to make it look like it could just walk off the page you yeah. know you could sink your hands into the fur and um the the, the main principle for for drawing realism is actually not to capture all of the tiny details but to capture the lights and darks, to capture all of those tonal values. And with horses, actually, there's an awful lot going on in a horse's face. You know, you've got the dip above the eye, you've got that projecting cheekbone that comes down, yes. you've got the nose bone, you've got some horses have got more prominent veins, um, you know, you've got the jawbone, everything like that. If, if, you can, if you can draw what you actually see, then it's not difficult, but it's it's about applying that because what happens is your brain wants to take over. That's what happens. If I, if I said to you, draw an eye, draw draw a human eye, you you would draw a human eye. It would be sort of um, almond shaped. It would have eyelashes coming off it, but, but you know, and and it would look like a human eye, but it wouldn't look really very realistic. And actually, if we were to draw a really realistic eye together we would be looking at not a, an arm and shape, but we'd be looking at the shadows. We'd be looking at where the, where the lights hit. We'd be looking at, um, you know, the, the, the darkness of the skin underneath the eyes and in the crease of it. So it's all about um, really looking at your subject 
and looking at the darks and lights. So actually, if you can get that, you could draw anything. This is fascinating. So fascinating because I talk to my students about getting out of their head and into their heart. And I never thought about it as it relates to drawing, Mm -hmm. that how much you, we, we do use our logic brain. Well, it needs to go like this and it needs to go in our perfection that gets in the way. Oh, we don't want any perfectionism. And that's why I try to, this sounds really awful. It's what I try to beat out of my students, (laughs) try to beat the perfectionism. Because if you try and make something perfect, you're really not going to enjoy the process. Oh, the, you know, yes. the, 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 the enjoyment doesn't come with the end product. The enjoyment comes in there. Oh, oh the, the just the disappearing, the transportation somewhere else and the layering of color and the, you know, that's where the enjoyment comes from. And you don't want to be perfect. Oh, this is amazing. Amazing. Because <laughs> it's like so much to me, I talk about when you're trying to find purpose when you're trying to find deeper meaning and joy in your life it's the journey it's yeah, the discovery yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so parallel yeah. it's I know crazy and then, you know and it sounds a little bit sort of you know cliche doesn't it oh it's the journey but it really is it, that's that's what we're here on this earth for to enjoy every single moment yeah. of our lives yeah um, what just you know, came to me is that we 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 always associate our heart with loving somebody external to us. And it's always about romantic love. And we never think about the, how using our heart for everything is what really that's, that's where the joy is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's romantic I, love I, is just this little, little piece I know, of, I know. of using I've your just heart. Been on, um... I've just been to Amsterdam this this last weekend. I don't know whether you've heard of Esther Hicks. Oh yes, I'm, yeah, I'm reading. Well, I I stopped and got you know interrupted uh, with this free training I'm working on, but uh, I'm reading or listening to the Vortex. Uh, right. Well, I was at in Amsterdam to see Esther Hicks this last. Oh weekend. my gosh! <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I, I know, and honestly, mind blown. That woman is utterly incredible yes talk about channeling and just oh like my. it uh, what a gift just amazing to be with three thousand people in an amazing venue and just feel that oh god it was it was just brilliant but what was the, the event uh, it was the um uh, it, it was it was just her one of her events so we had okay. two days where where people go up on stage and they ask a question and she answers them. That, just, that is amazing. But there was a brilliant question that somebody came up and it was about I I don't think I um I don't give myself enough love and I feel selfish if I do things for myself. And what came out of that conversation was incredibly passionately the more that you do for you, the more love you take in, the more joy you have the bigger the capacity you have for love. So you're being selfish if you don't do stuff to make yourself feel better and to fill your heart with joy because your heart uh, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The capacity for love just gets bigger. And I love that. I absolutely love that because I spent an awful long time putting everybody else first. 
And and now I I probably don't do enough for myself, but I do do more for me. I go swimming. I spend time away from social media. I spend a lot of time with my dogs, um, playing with the cat. Um, and that fills me with utter joy. And it, and yeah, it, and, and so- I think, you know, following your passion is mm-hmm. doing something for you. Drawing is, is, it's what I do as a, as a job, but it's not really a job because I absolutely I know. love it. I know. And so <laughs> what, I, what I have found so fascinating about what you do is that you just started doing stuff on YouTube, right? Well, I, I, so I, I wanted to do art when I left school at uh, 15, 15, 16, 1985, 86. Uh, I did a two year course at, at my local college, was told I wasn't good enough. And then that was it. Art was finished. And I do went you remember, into- Hey, Hey, uh, not to interrupt. Do you remember what you were drawing when you were told you weren't good enough? Do I remember what I was drawing? Yeah. Like, was it a, something you had to turn in? Oh, well, yeah, I, I had a, I had a whole, we had to have a portfolio and I can remember some, and it wasn't, the problem was art college wanted you to be a certain person. They wanted you to do a certain kind of art. And I couldn't do that because I wasn't that, that person. Um, so getting into university, polytechnic then, but getting into there to do a fine art degree, not good enough. Um, so I, I started work. And I started working for an advertising agency. I was a tea girl at the age of 17 um, on about 40 pounds a month, something like that. And um, very quickly started to get into, I I, I taught myself to type and I started to become a typesetter. Got an opportunity to be a typesetter. Went from there, um, uh, kind of carried on throughout my career and, and, and ended up being a studio manager. And this is when I worked in York. So I was a studio manager um and and a studio what kind of studio art studio it was no well yeah it was an art it was a creative studio but it was an internal studio for a big uh insurance company oh okay so So did did you work on like ad campaigns and things like that more like pension products and (laughs) very dry (laughs) boring lots of policy wording so but no horses on those right but it was the time where I was, I was, I, I have my children, I've got three children. Um, and, you know, it, it was actually, a, a, it was a nine to five job and it was fine. And then I, I used to horse ride. I used to do a lot of dressage riding and I had a one day coaching day for horse riding and it completely changed my life. I, I learned about models and techniques that people use as coaches to help people with their confidence and all of that kind of stuff and I was like oh my goodness never heard of any of this sort of stuff transactional analysis there was all sorts of things and I was like my mind was blown and I decided I wanted to do a coaching degree so I put myself through a coaching degree as I put my through myself through a coaching degree I also ended up having my hip replaced in 2014 mm. um Wow. riding accidents all of oh, that yeah kind of <laughs> uh you know I was 44 and I and I had a a, a, a total wow. hit replace and um I was thrown off my horse once and I thought this is not good and oh. I, I was young enough I bounced right back up and got back on get back on the horse you know they say I was uh, quite far from home when I did it I was out like trail riding uh but yeah that that's that's mm. scary stuff yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and that kind of, it knocks your confidence and all of that. Anyway, so I went from, from being the, the studio manager, put myself through this uh, coaching uh, degree, and I got a job as a, as a coach. Um, and I was coaching overseas in Bahrain. Uh, I was coaching senior managers, absolutely loved it. And it was whilst I was kind of doing that job, my marriage wasn't particularly happy at that point. Um, my daughter bought me a coloring book and some pencils in for Christmas 2015. And I became, honestly, it was just love at first pick up the pencil. <laughs> I, I, I just was like, oh my goodness, what is this? I've never used colored pencils before. And it was a coloring book. So I was just coloring, you know, and it was the coloring for mindfulness. It was quite a big sort of um, big fad back then, a uh, big trend. And um and then I started to, to, to actually draw my own pieces. And I was like, oh, you know, I can draw, put them on Facebook. People then started asking me to draw their animals. And, and all of a sudden, I got this full-time job. And then I was also doing these commissions on the side. And very quickly, I decided, my, my older sister said, you know, we think you should go full-time with your art. We think this is what you've always wanted to do and what you should do now, 30 years later. So the 1st of January, 2017, I became a full-time artist. Oh, what, um, what did it take to leave that nine to five? Uh, just took me writing a letter and saying, I'm not coming back. Did <laughs> you have the income? I mean, there's a lot of fear usually with that security. There is a lot, there is a lot of fear. And at the point then I, I was married and I'd spoken to my husband and we said, you know, well, let's, let's see how it goes. I'd, I'd put a business plan together. My brother-in-law was helping me kind of coach me on the business side. And I got enough booked in, you know, to be able to sort of make a, make a go of it. And yeah. I just, I just, I just took that leap of faith and, and I have not looked back seven months into me becoming a full-time artist. My husband left. So that wasn't great. So I was kind of, it was a very strange time. Um, I was devastated that he'd left, but at the same point, I was so relieved that he'd left. It wasn't a very happy marriage. And, but of course I was left with the children uh, I was like, I have to sell the house, all of that kind of stuff. So that was that was really a really tricky time. Mm. Um, was and, that because you had mentioned your kind of your trans transition or your kind of pivotal moment was 46. And I was wondering what that was, because it sounds like your divorce was more recent. Was it so was 46 it, was when I became creative again. That was okay. a massive point. Yeah, massive Massive, massive change in my life where, where I picked up creativity again. Mm -hmm. uh, we divorced in, in 2018. Um, and uh, we, we divorced because he was getting married again and they'd already set a date. So I was like, well, I think we probably better get divorced. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I know, I know. It was he wasn't a he wasn't a very well, he wasn't a very well person. But anyway. Did you and, was and, that was that a, a shocker to you? She, that he had somebody on the side um no I don't think not really not really I, to be honest um I, I was I would so when I got married my marriage vows meant an awful lot to me you know for better for worse sickness and in health uh and I'm not overly religious or anything but it it, it that you know yeah I'm the same vows and, yep. and that that was that was that and did you also have parents that stayed married? I did 
So yeah, I had no divorce. Definitely. Like my, no. my, my ex-husband and I got divorced. We split up when I was 47. So that's why we're very similar. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was yeah. 47 as well. Yeah. When we split up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So my parents are still together. They've been married 57 years, uh, you know, still, still very happy. And he suffered dreadfully with depression dreadfully with depression for the sort of the, the the latter part of our marriage to the point where there was emotional and and mental abuse you know and and I I was a very different person to to this is me now and I was a very different person then um so that was the relief side of stuff that was that because I wouldn't have walked out I wouldn't have left yes yeah you know, I, yeah. I, I, we had some marriage counseling and everything, and I, I would not have left. You're, I you're think... what, you're what I call a scared settler. Cause you know, you're just, yeah. and, and, and settling for the life that you don't want, right. but not even realizing the life that is possible for you. I, I, do you know, that is it makes so, me so sad. So, well, it makes me sad now, you know, when mm-hmm. I, when I look back, because it was like, this is, I, I would have put up with it because you know that we were married and that's anyway he decided to go so uh, there was that huge relief enormous relief but the it was terrifying because I didn't know what would what was going to happen to my house whether I was going to have to sell whether I didn't know Mm -hmm. and I was self-employed so it was really difficult for me uh, you know to take on a mortgage because I'd only been self-employed for six months seven months so it was really really hard what about yeah, your kids? How old was it? Were they still at home as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. My youngest was um, 13. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because, you, you know, that's what moms want to do. They want to keep the family together. I know, I know. And, the and so you feel like, oh my gosh, I failed them. I but I, I will know. say, and this is how I felt because I was the one who left. I was the one who made the decision to leave because mm. after three years of knowing I needed to and not doing it, but um, we're both so much happier. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was like, I know he'll be happy. I know he's not happy now. And so for people who are listening that are in a place where they know it's probably a crappy marriage and they're staying because their vows or they're staying because they're their kids and like, it's okay to leave because everybody's going to (laughs) benefit by the leaving. And the, and the thing is, you know, it's a very short space of time that it feels horrific. It feels huge. It feels like the whole world is going to come down on you and you're not going to be able to cope. But it's a very, very, very small period of time. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the things I talk about is is that we we think the future that we can see is based on our past experiences. And what we've seen and what we've learned and we tend to catastrophize, you know, like it's like we we've never seen our life turn out good like it could be. Right. Because it's been shitty for so long. And so that's where we think it's going to head. And so the fact that we can't see and can't even contemplate Mm. how amazing it could be, like I'm sure you never imagined in a million years the life you have now. No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I guess I started, so I started teaching. So at the beginning, I was just a commissioned artist and I started teaching at the back end of 2018. I had this, it was so weird. This person messaged me on Facebook 
and a lady called Vicky and she was like hi Bonnie you don't know me but I want you to come down to London and teach a colored pencil class and I responded I was like oh hi Vicky nice to meet you no I'm, I'm not I'm not teaching it's not something that I'm doing at the moment but you know thanks for asking and then she came back she went no 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 I've got the venue I've got it all sorted these are the dates we want you to come um you know uh, I, I hope you get all of the people and she was so insistent and I was like this is really weird. Anyway, <laughs> I, I did. I ended up going in the in the uh, November of the 2018, and I did. I ran this two day workshop, um, and she's been my best friend ever since. And she's now my community manager of my Facebook thing. And we've been to South Africa, to, and she's amazing. Oh, that's awesome, she's an amazing woman. Um, but she got me into the. Yes, but it's so funny. I was thinking about your community manager, what you were saying, and I was like, you probably needed in your life somebody who was a little pushy. They're like yes. Like pushing you yeah. and your business and all that. Yeah, yeah. And she's such a, she's a huge support, an amazing woman, amazing woman, um, you know, and, and got me into that teaching space. And then uh, beginning of 2019, I, I decided to start teaching online. Don't know whether you've heard of Patreon. Um, a lot of artists um, use Patreon. It's a third party platform. You put your content on there and then people come and they, they'll they pay a, a nominal amount to, to be able to watch your videos. So I started my Patreon in 2019 thinking I could do with sort of like a couple of hundred pounds extra a month, um, put some tutorials up there, see what happens. And my first month, I got so many new members that I was up to 2000 a month. And then it just kept on going up and up and up until I was earning something crazy, like 25,000 um, a month, which was, which was ludicrous. Um, Wonder know, what your ex says now. <laughs> honestly, honestly. And it was just like, it, it was crazy. So that, you know, that was a, a, a brilliant way to get into the, that online stuff. And and then, of course, you know, 2020 happened um, and I kind of moved stuff online anyway. So it was it was sort of like a um, nothing really changed for me. I love being at home. I loved having my children at home. Um, sadly, in the in the May, uh, my husband's depression just got too too much for him. And um, and he, he, he actually took his own life in the Aww. May of 2020 which was incredibly, incredibly sad. Um, For your kids, I mean, yeah. De devastating. Uh, I mean, it was just, uh, I, sadly, I want I want to say it was out of the blue, but it wasn't. Mm. It, it wasn't. So a year ago? Uh, 2020, so three years ago. Oh, oh, right after the pandemic. I, yeah. I right, slap bang in the middle. Um, yeah. You know, so that, and, and that's what I meant. Yeah. Right after it yeah, started. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so at the time I, I kind of was, 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 you know, held it all in. I, I was, you know, I'm this strong woman. I, I'm, I can cope with everything. Everything's fine. And then, um, just kept on, kept on going, obviously, you know, um, caring for my children, very difficult to get help and stuff, obviously during the, the pandemic and everything, but 2021, I, I was, was kind of looking to write a book. I wanted to, to write a couple of books. And I was introduced to this amazing author, uh, coach. And uh, on our first session, and it was via Zoom like this, and we were just chatting and she was asking me about me and, and everything. And um, 
very intuitive lady and she was she'd asked me a question I can't remember what it was and I'd made a face I think I'd raised my eyebrows or something and she went oh let's just right rewind a little bit talk to me about you've made a funny face blah 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 and all of the last nine years the sadness of my marriage the abuse the 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 death of my ex-husband everything came out I'm, I'm laughing about it it wasn't funny at all but everything came out in that hour session I had no handkerchiefs no tissues no nothing I was an absolute hot mess I had like snot running down I it, I was just a mess because everything just came out I'd been holding it in and holding it in and she allowed me to to talk about it and I found it really really hard to talk about some of the stuff that had happened how did it get to the point where the kind of dam broke was it something that she said a question she, she, she asked just, it, it was it was she'd seen something in my face and she's like well, you, you know you've you've just made a funny face there just talk to oh, me about oh wow that was the trigger all, yeah 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 then it just all all came out and I couldn't um when I get it doesn't happen now because I've done so much work with, yeah. with amazing it, it sounds like it was I, just right under the surface because yeah. most people I you have to talk. dig a little yeah 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 well I think because it had been relatively new I mean it wasn't years and years and years it was like about about eight or nine years um and I I had this lump this this physical lump in my throat and when I tried to talk about things it wouldn't let me talk my voice went it just disappeared and I'd start coughing and it would feel like I'd got you know something in my throat that just wouldn't and it was it was well it wasn't weird it's my body trying to protect me and look after me and we did a lot of work in you know kind of going back setting boundaries I had no boundaries you know, people took advantage of me. He took advantage of me. I, I, you know, I forgive myself for allowing people to, to take advantage of me. But I had no set boundaries. I just wanted to please everybody. And I just wanted to be everybody's friend. And I, you know, so I had no boundaries in place. So people took advantage. And she taught me to, you know, set some really good, solid boundaries. And, and she still helps me with that. Um, and we we worked on this lump. Um, she she also is an NLP uh, mm. practitioner and we worked on physically talking to the lump. It sounds really weird, but we were talking to the lump and we were, we were trying to get it to, to leave. Um, and probably after about six months of, of, you know, a session every couple of weeks, I was able to talk about stuff. I was able to, to, to tell the lump that it didn't need to help me anymore. Your listeners are probably going, oh, my God, this woman's crazy. No, um, was, I, we talk was, about stuff. I've had mediums on my oh, show. and Yeah, honestly. And, mm -hmm. and, and then it got to the point where I could talk about it without without, you know, breaking down, without not being able to talk. And it's oh, it's been the, the best, the best thing to have happened to me. And, and also at that point, that's when I started to think about my own platform, the Bonnie Snowden Academy. And we were able to do some NLP work where we go forwards. We put my, I put myself in the position of somebody who was, you know, a, future a pace. Really yeah. yeah, really yeah. successful, um, you know, art business owner, you know, what it would feel like, how it would. And I had a couple of really weird experiences where, and I haven't had them since, and I really need to 
get that back again. But uh, it was midnight one night. I'd taken the dogs out, you know, before we went to bed. And I don't know, I was feeling particularly amazing and happy. And it was like I had this sort of, this like aura. <laughs> just was like, it was almost like somebody gone, ah, like that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my, oh my God. And the weirdest thing, my little sister who had sort of, she kind of removed herself from the family because she'd had all sorts of uh, troubles with her with her children and everything. She'd had a very similar experience because she'd just found Esther Hicks and she'd started meditating. And my older sister had told my younger sister, oh, Bonnie's had the, this blah, blah, blah. And, and then next minute, she's Heidi's ringing me up and she's going, oh, my God, I, I hear you've had this experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, you know, and we've now we're back together. We're best buddies. And Aww. she came to she came to Amsterdam with me last weekend. Um, and it's and it's the most amazing thing. Aww. You know, the, the fact that we're both working on us, on ourselves, on how we behave, on how we react to you know, the external world, how we're doing things to make ourselves happy. It's wonderful. She's she's 47 now. Um, but it's just wonderful. It's just, yeah. you know, absolutely wonderful. So, you know, and as much as the, the I've I've led quite a there's been some really awful things happen and and it's been incredibly sad. And they I see them as an experience that's happened to me and and not necessarily my story. You know, my story is that one of finding creativity again um absolutely loving it and then just wanting to share everything which yeah. which I'm doing and getting other yeah. people to I mean too. you're older and wiser I, I I feel very strongly that the path we walk is meant to as we get to a certain point in our path to have that experience to help other people like hmm. we, we have that wisdom it's like nothing we should be critical of ourselves for it's now you know, it's no better, do better. And, uh, and as long as you're aware, you know, it's awareness, we, we, we go blind through life and we're blind through life. And then a lot of inner critic stuff happening, self-criticism and, and that you can't help people when you're in that place. You have to look at your past as what am I to learn from this? And then how can I use this? Yeah. To help other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, exactly. that's the key. I mean, I, you know, I could have taken, I could have taken a different route. I could have taken a route of being, feeling really sorry for myself and, you know, and, and rightly so. I should have felt really sorry for myself. You know, mm -hmm. there's no reason why I shouldn't because I had a crappy time. Um, but I decided that, that I didn't want that to be who I was, um, you know, and, and finding the art, I think the creativity it just completely took over and it and it wasn't there was never a point where it was oh this isn't going to work you know there, there was that that unwavering belief that no no this is yeah this is going to work this is yeah. you know we're going to do this and it's going to work and it's going to be fine yeah <laughs> yeah I know. well you know what I think that lump was because I've learned about the throat chakra because have my own battles with it uh but yeah it's now you're truly in your most authentic place and you were you're you're that was a sign that you were avoiding that or you weren't presenting as 
truly Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it amazing that our bodies do this? Isn't it amazing? It's it's like signs. They're like all over the place, but we don't, we don't see them because we don't know about them. And even when we do, yeah, I recently had a coaching session and I was holding my throat and we were talking about something like this major, like, aha I had at a recent retreat. And and the, the, he was like, why, why are you holding your throat? And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was holding my throat. And we're on Zoom there. You'd think, you know, I'd p- be paying attention. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think, you, you know, there's so much, even if you're aware of, you know, I know that that lump is probably Bonnie, not try, not really being Bonnie, but then yeah. here I am like going oh, on my yeah. throat. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that's why like coaching is so important and oh gosh yeah. Do you know it, it really is and and I have I had a session uh I had a session yesterday the session yesterday morning and, and I poor Susie I'd I'd not spoken to her for a couple of weeks and um <laughs> I'd had a couple of things happen so I've had quite a lot of PR done because I'm supporting a, a charity a, a domestic abuse charity uh which I feel incredibly strongly about it's in York and um, we'd had some PR done about it. And um, I've had a couple of things that where people have been very angry that I've spoken up about being mentally abused, um, which I find really peculiar, but but people have their own issues mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I, you know, I get that. I can, I can, I can't understand, but I can, I can, you know, Anyway, so, yeah, so I've had a, a couple of things that happened that were particularly nasty. And I thought I got over it. I thought I, was, I wasn't bothered by it. Some comments and stuff. And um, <laughs> so I'm there soon with poor Susie and she gets the full. <laughs> so, how this happened? How dare people? I've spent so long trying to get through what I've got through. I've spent you know, I've tried so hard to, to come to terms with what happened and talk about it. And, and then somebody's telling me I can't talk about it and how disgusting that I'm talking about it. And that made me really angry because that's why, that's why people don't get help because they feel they're not allowed to talk about stuff. Mm. You know, if you've been physically abused or mentally abused, you 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 almost feel embarrassed about it so you don't talk up about it and you need people to speak about it you need people to say it's happened to me and and there are things that you can do and this charity is amazing and you know my my door's always open if you if you if you want to speak to somebody I'm, I'm always here that's really important and to have gone through all of that work to have had the courage to talk about it and then be told what a terrible human being you are you know what uh well there's a couple things that come up when you are out there in the world as you are online it just comes with the i know the game right uh i i I follow people that are on uh, like the competition reality shows i'm a big fan of the competition reality shows and people are so mean and they don't even know them this is, there's are watching an edited program and they have no idea what they're really like. So 
I just want to say that. But what I want to say as well is your ex-husband, maybe some of that is because he's passed. Yeah. But I know that your ex-husband would want you to talk about it yeah. because he is a beautiful soul and mm -hmm. he was just caught up in his ego, in his yeah. humanness. Well, his, 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 it, his, his problems, his, his depression, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he... We inside, deep inside, were that what you were saying in the beginning, pure love, yeah. pure love and mm -hmm. acceptance and no judgment. And there, those people are stuck in their humanness, judging you. I know. And he, and, and yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, when you, when you have interviews with the press, they always are looking for that, that clickbait, yeah. that, you know, bub. Sure. And it, you'd spend like an hour talking to somebody and you tell them all of this lovely stuff, you know, how we met and all that. They they just don't put any of that in. It's just like, oh, you know, husband dies, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't get the views. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, yeah. But, you know, so I had this session with Susie and I was like, oh my God, I'm so angry. And I, I really wanted to put something on social media. And she said, right, okay, let's talk this through. Do you want to put something on social media? Because it's national. Um, uh, mental health awareness week this week she said you know go ahead think about what she said is there another way that could you put something else on social media but and, I, and anyway I kind of came around to the fact that I can deal with that side of things privately you know that's something I can deal with with Susie on my social media actually what I did was I wrote a post about how do you want to show up how do you want to show up yeah in the world yeah um because you know, the people, the people that need to hear your message are going to hear it and it's going to yes. matter to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a quick story that I want to share with you. And this goes back to like, your husband would be happy for you. So I, my dad died and my mom has been like, she just checked out, just checked out. This is several years ago. She's pretty much an invalid in an assisted living home, but she still knows things. She knows me. She knows remembers my dad. Uh, and so I wanted to connect her with him. And so I hired a medium and we did a session. And the crazy thing is I wanted to connect my, my mom and my dad, but at the beginning of the session, she said, well, I, I let anybody come in who wants to come in, you know, uh, you know, if somebody else wants to talk to your mom, your Diane is my mom's name besides Don, my, my dad, um, and her, her mother wants to talk to her. Ugh, I, I'm going to get chills. Might even like cry, but, um, my grandmother was an alcoholic and she was really mean. Uh, and she, my mom suffered a lot. And, uh, although I, I would say of the three girls, my mom probably got the least brunt of it. Cause I, her alcoholism escalated after, uh, my mom was a little older uh, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they had a relationship when my, my grandmother died, but, uh, she did some mean things to, to my, my mother and her sisters. Like she, like one of her sisters, she didn't speak to for seven years and she would, she would always do things like that. She comes from a lot of dysfunction to give, give her some benefit of the doubt, but, uh, you know, alcoholism is a is, has a way of like repeating itself generation after generation but she wanted to talk to my mother and it was really 
an interesting way this medium navigated it because my dad said, I'll let her talk first. It was like crazy. But she said, I want you to know I love you and I'm so sorry. I, I want you to know I've always loved you. And and it was just like so powerful to me to hear that my grandmother is is happy and at peace and, and is this mm-hmm. beautiful soul inside. It 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 reminded me that that we're all like that. Yeah. If somebody yeah. can be like that and and that because I had that experience, it's mm-hmm. why I thought that that's that's your yeah. ex-husband, he learned yeah. from this life. And yes. and his soul's gonna come back and be a better, mm. you know. Yeah, that'll uh, be within him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the more that I the more that I follow and I listen to uh, Esther Abraham Hicks, the the more that is that is my belief. That is how I see things. Yeah. You, know, you talk about we talk about God and religion and everything, and 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 I think for me that exists in in us when we get to the point where we are happy with who we are we 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 fill our lives with bliss and joy that's that the, the whole you know that that's where you get your your happiness from yeah but it, but how can you put a you and i think that's why not talking about religion or anything, but that's why we have to put a, a a label on it, a name on it. We have to call it something because we're human and we, we have to have something that's that's tangible. But I I do believe that we've all got something into our souls, mm-hmm. you know. And and once we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, yeah, and we're living our best lives, you know, uh, and our best lives don't have to be lives full of you know materialistic things. It's about being able to go out and 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 be present and enjoy the you know what's surrounding us and you know choose the I I choose not to listen to the news um it's and it's not because I'm putting my head in the sand and ignoring everything that's going on I choose to to live in a world that 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 I see here I go out my back door I see fields I've got my animals I've got my children I've got amazing people around me that's what the world that I choose to be in yeah and that makes control the controllable too because there's so little we can do by just listening to the news well well, we can't and all it does is it it fills us with this 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 just sadness yeah that's sad that's very mm. sad so mm. interesting our conversation i never thought would lead here but it's been so yeah. so great <laughs> i i i want to go back to the vortex because uh what that book has taught me which is so cool and it's related to this is that our souls are here to expand mm. and in a way that they can't do because they're not human and so they can't touch see feel um, in the way that like we can with our human body. And mm-hmm. so if we're not here to learn these lessons in this life and expand, and when we stay shrunk and not exploring and in our comfort zone, afraid to like take chances, we're not expanding. No. Yeah. So and, you're, and you're a great example of expansion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I've got a lovely life, you know, mm-hmm. I've yeah. got I've, I've got a little house in a in a village and I've got my dogs and I've got my children I've got my my you know my my brothers and sisters and my mum and dad and and I've got all my amazing community and it's yeah. um it's it's wonderful yeah 
That's amazing. So what would you like to leave? Uh, so if somebody is listening and they are feeling like, gee, Bonnie's very lucky. I wish I could have some of what Bonnie has. <laughs> so what would you tell them? What would you be your best advice? I would say, um, I don't think luck exists. I think we make our own luck. Uh, I would say start by looking at yourself, looking at what makes you happy and do something that makes you happy every single day. Whether that's a walk, a swim, drawing, make time for you and make it a priority because as soon as you start having that oh god this is nice oh gosh I feel lovely you're going to want more of it and the more you feel like that the lovelier your life will be yes yes and then luck will come right isn't it funny well, how the more yeah. positive you are yeah 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 the happy you are opportunities yeah yeah, yeah opportunity comes knocking and if you're open to it you hear the knock if you're yeah. not if you're closed and you're you you know then you don't hear it um yeah. you know picking up on those opportunities and making opportunities for yourself yeah yeah I love yeah. that I'm so glad we met oh me too. I think it's been lovely thank you yeah yeah <laughs> thanks forever. for sharing your story <laughs> and I am jealous of you going to see Esther Hicks I'm gonna have to look her up and see when she's gonna come to North America Oh, well, she be, she's there. She's, she does all sorts. She's, yeah. Oh, honestly, I'm gonna I didn't even think about it. Cause I just thought, oh, she's, she's, she's so old. She, she's, she, she's been yes. around for a while. <laughs> she is, but I tell you what, she stood both days for three hours. She was standing up. How old is she? Yeah, she was 70 something, I think. Okay. Oh, she's still she looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I think, I oh. think too, when you're living from this passionate place, you yeah. like it's, it gives you the energy that Definitely. isn't there when you're like not happy it's when you're not happy yeah. it's like oh it's a big yeah. load big load yeah, yeah. all right thanks so oh, much. thank you so much laurie it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you okay bye <laughs> okay bye thank you so much for tuning into the living your spark second half podcast if you'd like to watch my guest interviews you can find the video version of this podcast on my not your average grandma youtube channel also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.